Welcome to On the Table, a podcast about board games, card games, and tabletop war games. All right, welcome back to episode 33 of On the Table Gaming. I'm Chase. And I'm Josh. And today we're going to talk about A Song of Ice and Fire the Miniatures game. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> the shocker. <laughs> so we've got some new rules and errata that's come out. This is version 1.4. There was a little bit of rumors out there on the web like, oh my gosh, are they doing a version 2 of this game? Like, is everything we purchase going to be worthless? And it's like, guys, we're <laughs> we're like six months into the game. We don't even, it's, it hasn't been a full year yet. Oh, yeah. uh, we, we do have some errata that have come out though. Um, so we'll get to that in a second. But before we do, Josh, it's been a while. So let's let's go check out the rookery. <laughs> yeah, let's get up there. <laughs> oh, look at that. Oh, my God, there's no crows, but we do have, what are these, like, trout fish people? I, <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a, yeah, it's some sort of uh, scaly fish. A scaly creature. fish creature. Yeah. Um, yeah. Wow. Yeah. So we got some some Tully Cavaliers. We got some some spoiler-ish news about those guys. Spoiler-ish. Yeah. <laughs> so what's their stat line looking like? Because I've been waiting for these guys to come out. Well, you're in luck. Kickstarter. Because our very own Michael Chanel has some of the stats on the card. He actually <laughs> released a card with things edited out so that uh, you can't see some of the abilities. We have movement speed unknown they do have lances that hit on a three plus with a stat line of six and four mm -hmm. armor unknown morale unknown <laughs> they have a cavalry keyword so they have three wounds each they get a free maneuver at their activation start and then they have lances when charging this attack rolls plus three dice and gains critical blow rolls of six steel two hits and sundering defenders suffer negative one of their defense saves so we know that now this is a kind of the basic template for some like kind of heavy cavalry, right? Like so yeah, we exactly. know the Knights of Castle Rock, somewhat similar. There's a few people out there there that were like, what? They have lances, the same rules for lances for the Knights of Castle Rock. <laughs> I, I think I think what we're trying to get at is like the the lance that they're using, that cavalry use, like heavy war horses with lances, that's just their attack, right? What makes right. them unique is the ability. Exactly. That that that's sort of the flavor that comes in is is the, you know, whatever comes next. Beyond right that. now we do have some hints and, and this may be more than a hint but on uh some of the places that have these box sets up for sale at least listed to pre-order it says the following the tully cavalier unit box for a song of ice and fire the tabletop miniature game gives house stark commanders a new cavalry unit a new cavalry option for their forces equipped with heavy weapons designed specifically for cavalry aka a lance Cavaliers gain multiple bonuses while charging. Their lances gain extra dice as well as gaining sundering, making the attack truly devastating. The Cavaliers are also able to regain lost wounds when targeted by maneuver space on the tactics board, meaning they can come back from the brink even after enemies have made it through their formidable armor. That's a big deal. I mean, so we've seen sort of how annoying it can be if you have a, a sort of, uh, you know, cavalry unit that's, you know, actively recovering and running away, you know, with the Outriders, with the Brendan Tully attachment. So this is, it sounds a little bit different because, you know, you're targeting with the maneuver zone. So you're, you know, you're not just, uh, you know, retreating in order to regain wounds. You can actually use it while you're maneuvering or 
uh, you know, if you're playing some tactics cards, you know, if you're claiming the maneuver zone and using that to charge, getting yourself back up to full strength prior to your attack is, is pretty useful. Yeah, absolutely. And now I'm kind of interested, like, so they're definitely going to heal. And then it says that I keep mentioning their formidable armor. I wonder, do you think we could see like a two plus armor save or is that with healing like way too good? I mean, that would be really, really, really good. I mean, the one thing about these guys is that, you know, they kind of have to punch through a lot of damage on the charge because if you manage to sort of trap them, their attack profile really goes in, you know, in the toilet. Because if I'm swinging at six dice max ranks, four dice, you know, at, at, at my last rank, I mean, I, you know, I don't really care that much that, you know, my armor is good because I'm not going to be doing anything for the rest of the game. You know what I mean? Right. I mean, think of how it would take me like multiple turns to kill like one unit of raiders. And I'm assuming this unit is pretty expensive. So you really want to make sure that, you know, when you do charge, you're crippling whatever you're attacking if you aren't killing it outright. But right off the bat, these guys are actually better than the Knights of Castle Rock in one regard uh, because their attack profile going 6 4 is better than 6 3. And it's only one die, yep. but it gives them potential to kill a whole rank when they're on their last, you know, set of models here. Uh, that can be pretty big. Well, don't forget though the the, the Lannister um, cavalry has the Lannister supremacy rule too, though. Oh, that's which true. Another way to passively do damage, and that you know works for ranged attacks, whether you're being attacked. So even if you do get stuck in with a bunch of raider units, it's very possible for you know the Knights of Casterly Rock to literally just be mowing guys down with just morale checks. So even if they're not doing a ton of damage with combat they still have like sort of two different attack steps basically yeah so i mean do you think uh i know you're a, a big tully fan is this something you're going to put into your into your uh retinue or your your forces of course yeah i i i i've been, always been interested in running like a stark you know like not necessarily pure cavalry but a very cavalry centered army uh and like you know just with pure outriders and maybe the flayed man that was a little tough to pull off but i think it could be really interesting with these guys yeah i don't know i'm not necessarily saying i'm not sure i'm looking forward to facing them on the battlefield <laughs> but i think i'll probably be a unit i pick up to paint uh, i mm -hmm. think the tellies look really cool like the miniatures already have looked cool for the the Sorn's uh shields so yep, yep. these guys will probably look awesome as well yeah oh i'm sure i mean the the just the art like the you know the hand-drawn art that we saw spoiled like forever ago yeah uh, i mean even that back then was like looking really cool so i mean i was always a sucker for like the bretonian style armor yeah. you know, like the full plate like i think yep. like, and like I don't know. I mean, I'm excited to see what they come up with. And so then, you know, that's on the horizons. And, you know, soon there'll be murmurs and whispers of future factions. And uh, the word on the street is Baratheons, but we don't have anything besides a distribution screenshot of like a bunch of items listed with codes next to them. Right. So when we get some images, that'll be the next hotness. But for in the intermediate period, while we're waiting for the Tully Cavaliers and these new factions to come out, we are launching an initiative for the month of June. The a Song of Ice and Fire tabletop miniature game community content creation month. So we're calling for June to be a month where the community comes together to work on homebrew, fan-made additions to the game. So yeah. I know a lot of people are really into playing this competitively and they want to focus on tournaments, but we want to recognize that not everybody plays this way. Some people like to just play on their kitchen table with their kids or, or just bring a buddy over and have some beer and pretzels and, and just, you know, have fun. And so for them, I think we want to speak to this sort of side of the game of, you know, what are some things that can be created by the community next month to help further the game and get people engaged? So to that end, we've got three categories we're looking at people helping out for. We're looking for scenarios and game modes. So 
We want look, it could be competitive game modes, it could be thematic, it could be a campaign, it could be a custom scenario. Stay tuned. Greg from Rebel Lightworks has this awesome mode called Who's the Boss? And if you own a small store that's trying to push out a Song of Ice and Fire Miniatures, you're gonna be really excited about this game mode as far as like an, an evening event because it's uh, incentivized people to maybe pick up a hero box, but it's also such a cool way to play the game. I'm looking forward to getting some more games in that way, but that'll be in the future, that that who's the boss game mode. But we've seen some people already start building some uh, narrative campaigns that have like a series of battles tied together. We've got people helping us out as well. Uh, if you guys have seen the earlier battle report from Shane Hardy, we are uh, gonna be putting out some some new custom game modes that he's created. And if you've got cool stuff, like share it with us, but also make sure you share it with the community. So scenarios and game modes, terrain. If you've got cool ideas for terrain, maybe you're 3D printing some things. Maybe you're just coming up with ideas and you want to give them keywords or you want to make some new templates that we could use, new footprints with images that the people could, that you could put online that community members could print out. So scenarios, game modes, terrain. And then finally, if you've got any accessories or game aids, maybe you've got cool card organizers, flow charts, your own custom movement tools, um, let us know. Share them in the Facebook group. Tag us at On the Table Gaming, but also tag CCCM for the Community Content Creation Month. And then, you know, of course, always tag Simon Games. There was some sort of like CCCM, like car company. So yeah, I was gonna say, wasn't it like a hockey outfitter? Or <laughs> Probably. Yeah. <laughs> so, now, uh, no, no. Song of Ice and taking over these other areas. Speaking of a Song of Ice and Fire taking over, did you also see, I put it online, I had some website trouble and I was talking to the uh, people online yeah, yeah, and yeah. they're like, wait, a Song of Ice and Fire, is that a Game of Thrones thing? And I'm like, <laughs> oh boy, here we go. So yeah, everyone. odds are if you're talking to like IT support, there's going to be, <laughs> uh, you know, there's going to definitely be some Game of Thrones fans. You know, I, I work for a tech company now and, you know, there's a whole, we use Slack channel, which is like a discord for like internal corporate yep. stuff. There is an entire Slack channel literally dedicated to Game of Thrones, this show, and just people like, you know, talking about it. Oh, dude, do you, are you like, you, are you like the King of the North there now? You come in there like, oh man, this guy, he listens to Song of Ice and Fire. Like that voice sounds familiar. No, say no. About, but... <laughs> say something about Tully Cavaliers again for me. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely no. No one's, no one's mentioned it yet. That's is that a sure. worst nightmare or a, an okay thing? You know, that's a great question. I'll have to see who recognizes me. <laughs> If it was uh -oh. if it was like the CEO, I'd be like, great, let's talk about it. <laughs> well, hopefully, uh, yeah, and you know, congratulations on your new job and all that Thanks. stuff. I'm glad that's going well. Let's jump into the uh, the errata and the the new rules updates. Definitely. And I, one thing I did want to mention before we move on, just real quick about like sort of like the community stuff, is I really would love to see you know some some cool campaign modes. I mean, that was something that like right away I thought this game is perfect for. Uh, I love the idea of like, you know, if you lose a character in battle, like he's kind of just gone for good and you can't keep using him or maybe like they'll have a system where guys can take wounds like persistent. Like remember, like you ever play like Mordheim? Yeah. You know, where you'd like kind of have like a loot chart or like a wound chart. So like if you if somebody fell in battle, like maybe Rob Stark comes back and he's you know missing a hand or, you know, or maybe he's now tougher because he's like you know gotten hit but he's like you know overcome it and now he's like even stronger like i think that could be something that would be really neat if somebody put that together yeah or even having units like take fatigue throughout the battles and so like yeah. maybe they start the game with a weakened token because they're already you know tired from the last battle or maybe that's not yeah. as cool as having no hand but <laughs> i mean that could be yeah or, or even just like you know like it's like a, if a unit has survived like two battles in a row now you have like you know, some Stark Sworn Swords who are just, you know, more badass than usual. They've got some extra little buff of some kind. 
uh, I, I don't know. It could be it could be really cool to you know kind of explore that uh, with this game. Absolutely, absolutely. Okay, well, that's all I wanted to say about that. <laughs> so, there's a directive out there. Somebody help help Josh fulfill his dream. Yeah. We're gonna have to get a, a group of people together and do like a massive campaign then and see uh, you know each declare declare for a different house. Yes. Well, that'd be cool because like you could like take take over each other's territory. Yeah. And, you know what I mean? Like knock 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 a player out of the game or like form alliances. Like you could do some really cool stuff for sure. It'd be fun to do. I wonder if we could do like a a tournament system that way too, where it's like you have different regions of the United States people playing games and like report their findings and. Yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah. That'd be mm. super cool. It's all right old... <laughs> okay. juice flow in there. yeah all right so let's let's think about the uh the general errata the faq version 1.4 so maybe uh you've been having a hard time keeping up with things and you're like what the game has changed what's going on well you're in luck because we also have had a lot of things going on but we're gonna help try and break it down for you and uh i think maybe i can speak for both of us here when i can say it's been sort of a crazy last week or so and so if we forget anything, or if we forget anything, my apologies, and we'll address that in the future. But for me, this is the end of the school year, and uh, things are really crazy. But in a couple of weeks, I'll have a summer break. And you, on the other hand, have a, a new job with a much longer commute. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's so, yeah. Uh, no break in sight. That's, uh, that's uh, the office jobs, man. But Should I do want to say, you know, at least the silver lining is you did recently have a birthday. So happy birthday, sir. Thank you. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Turned 35. Woo. That's, that's getting up there. Hey, just so you know, can we talk about spoilers now as a show? Is it, we, maybe we'll do oh, a, an after episode version of uh, talking about spoilers. But, you know, yes. there's some characters that by the age of 35 had already, uh, you know, sailed, <laughs> sailed the world and, and found out what's west of Westeros or whatever. West yeah. of Westerosi. Nobody um, knows. Spoiler. Who knows who that is? Could be known. I'm joking. <laughs> okay. Do I need to bleep all that? Out? I'm not sure. But meanwhile, we'll find out, I guess. <laughs> in the general errata FAQ version 1.4, some of the big changes uh, right off the bat, they've addressed on page 23, the errata with timing conflicts and simultaneous actions. Essentially what they've done is they've removed some phrasing, but they're saying that orders and tactics cards specifically as only effects they cannot be stacked. So orders and tactics cards are the only effects that can't be stacked, which means that if you have an ability that's an order that says, hey, when you are attacked, you can trigger this order, you're using up that trigger when you do that order. So you can't also right. play a card that says, hey, when you're attacked. It's, it's operating that same space. Uh, but this also gets rid of any other unusual situations where you have like a, a thing you may do or you have to do that right. doesn't count as taking the trigger. If you, if you have to do this when they charge you, you can still play cards off the trigger. The trigger didn't get used up. Yeah, I mean, I think it makes perfect sense. I mean, I, I don't think this is too different from what we were already doing, um, but I think it does clean things up and make sure that it's pretty clear, right? Like, you know, if, you, if you're if you triggering off of, you know, makes a melee attack, you can't use two different abilities at the same time, whether that be a card or, you know, an ability of the itself. Pretty, yeah. pretty easy. Uh, it was actually such a, when I first was like trying to read through the new rule book, it was something like I kind of missed at first because I was just like, yeah, like that makes sense. And then I was like, oh, it was never written out like that though. Right. So we got some <laughs> clarification. Yeah. Perfect. Uh, I think what's probably going to be more impactful though is um, this whole pivoting thing. Yes. So what's the deal with that? Well, so previously, uh, the sort of edges of the table were considered like impassable terrain. 
Uh, and there was also, of course, some terrain that was considered impassable. And so there was a sort of like slightly weird rule where if like, like, let's say I, I put my unit all the way to like the left side of the table so that they're like, you know, basically flush with the table edge, you literally couldn't pivot to turn into the center of the table because you couldn't pivot through impassable terrain. So if you were like up against a palisade, you're forever going to be up against that palisade because you cannot turn in place. Really frustrating. Yeah. Um, and embarrassing. I had a person I was doing a demo game for at Sarge's Comics in New London doing my demo game and I'm using free folk and I'm setting everything down and I realized I put a unit on the edge of the table that was just stuck there for the whole right. game. And I yeah. had to be like, oh, uh, mm, do you mind if I like move this in just for this demo game to so we could play the game regularly? Because I made a mistake because and then I had to be like, yeah, because the basic rule is that if, because I put my unit in my deployment zone here. Mm. Uh, it can never leave this table edge. And it was just like right. one of those like embarrassing moments in a demo game. I'm like, oh, this doesn't represent me or the game. <laughs> well, yeah, because all you could do at that point would just be like run straight forward <laughs> off the other side. You, you can't do anything. Uh, so this makes way more sense. It's going to make sure that like you can actually use the entire board rather than like, you know, there's just like two inch band around the outside that makes it like impassable because if you ever do misjudge your distance and you get stuck up against the board edge that's that's where you're going to live from then <laughs> it's like in video games like the invisible wall and you're just kind of like running into it yeah exactly like. exactly so and it's good i think it's a good clean it's a good a good cleanup of of that uh of that set i mean it just makes sense right yeah yeah and, and i'm glad they adapted that and it's really cool i think maybe to speak to also that they are i see these updates as a really positive thing um definitely they're yeah. really monitoring this game Exactly. I mean, there, there's, I, I'm sure they're fielding, you know, a lot of questions on like the forums and, you know, probably get like, you know, emails and Facebook messages and stuff like that. And so they probably have like some, some things that they go, okay, well, this is, you know, maybe causing some consternation or some confusion and, you know, hey, maybe this actually would work a lot better if we allowed this to happen. And I think this is a good example of them sort of listening to, to you know, sort of the players and, and making a change that, I really can't imagine anyone's upset about this. This is like a really kind of, I think, a necessary errata and makes makes perfect sense. And then the other big changes was with terrain. Mm -hmm. um, these are going to be cool and that I realize now it's a lot. And I have not yet played with these new terrain keywords. So I can't really give any insight or strategy, but it, they seem to make sense. There is one that's a little bit confusing that I have some questions for that may have already been answered online, or maybe I'm just misreading it, but you know, we'll get to that in a second. So I guess the biggest, the biggest change that stands out is the destructible keyword. So destructible used to read, this terrain piece is removed from play if a unit crosses or ends a move on top of this terrain piece. So you'd you know have a bunch of bushes, they're destructible, you ran your unit through it, the bushes got destroyed. They're no longer affecting the game. It was like a exactly. one-time yep. effect. You go through it and it just vanishes, which I always thought was a little weird. Right, I mean, it made sense for bushes, I guess, because I feel like a bunch of guys run through it and like, yeah, you probably mess those bushes up. Yeah, but, but there was like, bushes just, like vanish and like, like just utterly gone in like one second. I, you know, I, I thought <laughs> it was like a little silly, like that one and the, um, you know, the pal not the palisades, the, the uh, spike wall. Or the, yeah. the low wall, the ruined wall. You just run through it and be like, it would just explode and then Because <laughs> it's that one berserker dude. <laughs> right, right, right. Like what? So now I think it makes a little more sense. Now it reads, while within one inch of this terrain piece, units may make a melee attack action, targeting it to automatically remove it from play. So you basically can attack it and destroy it. Yeah. 
She's okay. chop it up. So the great news about that is that there's some kind of interesting shenanigans you can do where you would put an objective token by the edge of the board and then put a palisade next to it so that only a solo model could get in there. And if you didn't field the solo model or ranged weapons, you were out of luck. Mm -hmm. And I just walk over there and you just start kind of deconstructing it, you know, Minecraft style, just punch, 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 <laughs> punch, punch, punch bing, and then you're able to get through. Right. Um, so that's awesome. You I do mean, it's an it action though. Well, yeah. So like, I'm just trying to wonder, like, when would you ever do that, that you're going to spend your melee attack to blow up a oh, train piece? Well, I'm thinking like, <laughs> case in point, I had a recent experience here where uh, there was a bunch of Night's Watch, and I think oh, veterans of the watch with like palisades to their side. They're sitting there. I need to kill them. I've got my unit lined up hitting the front. I've got another unit on the side. That I'm like this. I'm gonna have to spend you know two turns walking around and trying to get behind them, but there might be other troops reinforcing them. If mm. I can just take a turn and tear down the palisades and be like, yeah. So did they uh, add? Did they add destructible to the palisade keyword? Yes. Uh, so okay. palisades now have destructible. So that, I was gonna say I was like I didn't I didn't think that was a thing before that you could rip the wall down. Now that's okay. Then that actually makes way more sense. So the palisades, the hedge, the stakes, and the low wall slash ruined wall. All of those wall type things are destructible. Uh, the weirwood tree, not destructible because that's just disrespectful, yo. Yeah, right. And then <laughs> forests, nope. Corpse piles, nope. And bogs, nope. It'd be weird if you could destroy a bog. <laughs> well, like, you get some, it's called uh, modern irrigation. You just run yeah. some irrigation, uh, shoots off the side and drain that swamp. Just fill it with sand or something. <laughs> that's going to be our, our campaign for a song of ice and fire the miniatures game is drain, drain the swamp yeah, give yeah, us yeah. give us bogs <laughs> that are destructible yeah there's your t-shirt it'll be interesting for sure to, to see like you know when you would do that it's it's definitely something where i don't think i'm going to be attacking a lot of terrain pieces very often but you know if you are in that situation where it's really kind of busting up your plan like you have you know, your archers that are shooting over a palisade and it's really annoying, you know, you can just chop it down and then go get them. I'm just waiting for someone to make a custom campaign scenario that's about like destroying a city or something and like how much buildings and things can you destroy mm. before your opponent can stop you or kill you or something. Right. Well, I mean, not to spoil future episodes of Game of Thrones here, but pretty easy what? to destroy a city. Are you, what are you talking about? I don't know what you're talking about, man. We can't uh... <laughs> stay tuned for after the show when we talk about... Game of Thrones. Uh, I feel like some spoilers are slipping through, but yeah, we'll probably pass. A carefully constructed net of spoilers. I, is I don't falling apart. I, you know, last ep we try to be very careful about spoilers on the podcast. And last episode, I'm here talking with Yannick Burr about like the others, and he's like, and then the hard home, and this and that, and I'm like happily right, right. like, oh, mistakes may have been made. But Whoops! If yeah. you're a big fan of the books and you haven't watched the show and you aren't aware of the show, there is a show and stuff happens that hasn't happened in the books and you may hear references that, to that today. So right. that's my disclaimer. Yeah, stuff happens in the show that may or may not actually end up happening. People are like, enough with, about the show, tell me about the destructible <laughs> yeah. terrain. Anyway. So speaking of things getting ruined, um, yeah. let's talk about some other terrain. So um, the other key one is fortified. Now fortified, it used to be that units gain plus one to defense save rolls versus melee attacks if the attacker crossed that terrain piece while performing a charge. Now, Fortified reads, units that move through or end on this terrain piece while charging lose their charge bonus, and the defender gets plus one to the defense save rolls versus attack. 
So that's way better. Yeah, I mean, like, like getting rid of rerolls is is pretty important. So I mean, that's that's a massive uh, uh, buff to fortified. Uh, and so that's that's really good. Now, uh, fortified is mostly the low wall. You know, I honestly didn't take that one a lot, and now I'm realizing, you know, it's going to be definitely one that I might reach for in some scenarios to, mm. to get on the battlefield. Yeah, the low wall seems to be the only one. The only one stuff that you can use fortified oh, on. Yeah. Uh, so maybe there'll be some interesting, you know, custom terrain pieces or things that could be fortified as well. I'm not mm. sure. The other big thing that I didn't talk about yet is cover. Terrain pieces that have cover, it used to be that if the terrain piece lies between the target of a ranged attack and the attacker, the target gains plus one to their defense save rolls. The attackers may ignore the cover keyword of a terrain piece they are within one inch of. Now, cover reads, when tracing line of sight for ranged attacks, if the majority of the defender's tray is concealed by this terrain piece, the attacker suffers negative one to hit with a ranged attack. Yeah, got rid of that one inch, you know, sort of exemption where if you have your unit of crosswomen and they're like up against the fortified wall shooting over it, you know, they're, they're one inch away, you know, they get the benefit of cover without worrying about any penalties. But now if you're shooting past it either way, then you're, you know, you're going to have a problem. Yeah, and I, I mean, like that makes sense, I guess, with forests, you know, having cover there and like being within an inch of it, being able to ignore it to shoot. Mm -hmm. But like the wall... I don't know. I feel like putting your, you know, putting your crossbowmen behind a fortified wall seems like a good idea, but now right. will we'll hurt you. Now, here's a question. Now, the, you, the Stark Bowmen, they ignore line of sight. So does that mean that this cover doesn't impact them at all? Yeah, because the Stark Bowmen say, arrow volley, this attack may ignore intervening units and terrain. Oh, yeah, there you go. Perfect. Okay, so they're, it's not totally clear. They don't care. They can shoot. So it's just like crossbowmen or, you know, scorpion builders crew, like anything that has to shoot straight into something right. that was recovered comes into play. Maybe that's where they're trying to get at it with the wall, I guess, but it seems a little a little different. Yeah. So that's going to take some adjusting. And so it gives a negative one to hit instead of plus one to the opponent's defense. Mm -hmm. Negative one to hit is very impactful on range units because they don't get to reroll those shots often without, you know, the proper investment. Right. Man, that's going to have a big impact on your overall damage outcome. Right. And so that's a good piece to put if you're like, if you're going to be adapting like a sort of like a defensive sort of posture and you're looking to like get up on a point and hold it, like, you know, setting yourself up so that you're going to have a low wall between you and the enemy uh, is a, I mean, obviously it's pretty sweet. You just got to get there first so that you get the benefit. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, what do you think of these changes overall? I mean, I think they all make sense. I don't, the one that's a little odd is the cover that like, you know, it may, it, it was better when, you know, a crosswoman could shoot right over the top of it and it's not obstructing their fire if they're right up against it. Right. And now it does impact them negatively either way. So it's like, I think it's kind of like a, a, a bigger buff and a, to, to that, that particular terrain. And it's a debuff to anybody who's shooting ranged weapons that don't ignore Right. Train. I think we're going to start. I mean, so the, uh, the person I'm playing with a lot now um, with my free folk, they started some learner games. They're really into kind of a, a Tully Stark Bowman list. They really like having a lot of archers. Right. Right. And uh, man, it's kicking my butt a lot of times as free folks. So I can take like one volley and I just like my unit like evaporates. Um, <laughs> I'm wondering though now, are we going to start to see a lot more ranged forces? with some of these changes, a lot more ranged, you know, Stark forces uh, with the change to terrain like this, or is it not significant enough to have any impact on that? Uh, I mean, I don't think this is going to like bust the game wide open. I still think crossbowmen are better than 
Stark Bowman, in my opinion. I mean, even though the Bowman have the potential to roll more dice, uh, the fact that they hit less often and don't have Sundering, it's like I feel like even though Crossman have this sort of, you know, corner case scenario where they might have a negative to their roll, but that just would drop them down to Stark Bowman level of accuracy. Right. So, you know, so, I don't I don't really see that being a problem. Plus they can shift without losing half their attack dice. For me, the thing that's been the most unusual about that is that when I played Lannisters as my main faction, I didn't care about Bowman at all. Yeah. Uh, you know, I was like, please, like, shoot me. I want to trigger Lannister Supremacy, and you are far away, and I don't want to yeah. have to walk over there. Um, and so now I'm, like, trying to totally change the way I address the situation. Uh, yeah. I mean, the Bowman can be amazing if you get – you know, get them on the right target. The problem is just like, you got to make sure you're hitting something that has like, if you have something low armor, especially low armor, low morale, you're like, sweet. That's like, that's a really juicy opportunity. The only problem there is of course, is like, you know, that's a juicy target for anything, you know, low, right, low, exactly. armor, low morale, like they get mowed down by anything that's, that can get. So that's why I feel like generally speaking, the crossmen are better, but you know, the Bowmen do have the ability to like shoot over terrain and shoot over intervening units. So like you get them up against the Palisade or protected by an infantry unit and they can be pretty scary. Absolutely, absolutely. So, um, you know, we'll have to get some games in and test out some of the new scenario terrain pieces and and see if we can kind of make any weird things happen or impactful that can be. But yeah. I think most of these changes are reassuring and very sensical. I think they they make sense. Definitely. Yeah, I mean, they're all they're all I think good changes. The only one that's maybe a little bit weird is that cover rule, but I'm sure there's a reason why they did that. So. Uh, yeah, I, I don't really have any objections to any of this stuff. So yeah, I mean that's that's basically it for um, yeah. So that's basically it for the FAQ, the uh, rules changes, minor stuff, nothing game you know breaking or shattering, um, at least not that we have seen. And right. uh, you know, I think this is going in a really positive direction. Yeah, I mean, it's like those subtle tweaks are are really you know even though it may not seem like a big deal, it's like it's important for the growth of the game to like be constantly evaluating and maturing the rule set to the point where you you have a really really robust system. And I think that they've got the bones of an excellent game, and you know they've been continuing to develop that and make it better and better over time. And I think it's still the same sort of setup that we've always had, so it was always a great sort of system. But now they're really starting to refine. Uh, some of these rules, questions, and, and really make it nice and clean. Absolutely. Uh, now, here's the, the real question. Yes. There's all these rumors abound of the Baratheons on the horizon. We saw the product listing code that says uh, C-O-L-S-I-F-P-R-16, a Song of Ice and Fire Table Up game, Baratheon you know, Deluxe Activation Banner, or Deluxe, you know, the Baratheon Starter Set. We don't know when it's being released. Uh, are you going to jump over to Baratheon? Do you think that'll be a faction play? Are you going to stick with Starks? Because I feel like you were you were talking a Baratheon game early on, but uh, you got some Starks now. I know. I, yeah, I, I mean, I think Starks, that, that's always going to be home base for me. But I'm interested to check out the Baratheons. I mean, it's uh, it's a it's an army that I think has the potential to be really, really cool and, and sort of a little bit different. I love the whole, like, I mean, Stannis is an, a super interesting character. I think they do some really cool stuff with, like, Red Priestess worship. Uh, you know, I don't know if Renly's going to be in that faction or if he's going to be in, like, a forthcoming Highgarden faction down the road. But, I mean, there's some really, you know, it's, it's a really, really cool faction for uh, developing the game. Now, do you think they'll, you know, like, so the Night's Watch are kind of these, like, elite units. Do you think the Baratheons I kind of see as being a professional army with an actual 
commander with, you know, I know Rob has lots of military victories, but isn't Stannis's history a little bit more, he's a little bit more like battle tested. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, Stannis is his whole thing was like this just absolute resolute, you know, battle commander, you know, who wasn't going to give up no matter what, even if he was going to starve to death in the castle. Like, you know, he's always been like that guy. I love that scene in uh, the show. Spoiler alert. Uh, <laughs> where at the Battle of Blackwater Bay, this is like spoiler for like you know, season two, so you know, give me a break. But I love, <laughs> I love the scene where he's like telling his men to like get in the boats and and you know, row to shore. And he's like, but hundreds will die, and he just goes, thousands. <laughs> just, <Yeah. laughs> like, like he does not give one shit. It's uh, it's pretty cool. I I think that that's like an interesting sort of battle tactic of like you know, his men are going to be expendable, but like at the end of the day, they're like super scary. And I don't know, it, it could be, it could be really interesting. You know what? Yeah. I think now I'm getting excited to play it, but <laughs> I think free folk are definitely going to be my, uh, my jam for a long time. Yeah. I know Heather would be interested in the Targaryens, but who knows when that'll be, that'll be a faction I end up getting in painting, but probably not playing as a main thing, but sure. Rathian. So well, I mean, cool. Would Davo Seaworth come oh, on? Oh man, I know. Well, I'll just get him. I'll just and be like, <laughs> "Come on, there's got to be a, a Tormund Davos, you know, team up thing." Or oh man, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, it, it, it's such a. There's a lot of cool characters within that faction. But yeah, so I mean, this is kind of a lighter episode. Um, there's lots of cool stuff coming up on the horizon. We are excited to see what kind of fun stuff you guys come up in the community creator content month. Ugh, tongue twister in the uh, community creation content month and uh you know this is the we're just getting into this game is just picking up the show has ended the books are still coming out at their own pace and hopefully we'll have new factions before the books come out but either way you know it's it's, it's good time so we'll i think it's a safe bet the factions will have more stuff before that we have another book never know. we never know but uh, i'm optimistic and yeah, things yeah. are going great the game is starting to pick up uh, I'm starting to get some people nearby locally that play. There's two new players, so shout out to them. And uh, you know, we'll keep building up, and we'll see where it goes in another in another six months. You know, who knows? We'll be we'll be playing with new factions and all new units. I'll yeah. finally have gotten my free folk heroes box, and uh, life will be good. I mean, hey man, you got ten thousand downloads, a thousand subscribers. That's, I know. That's not, We're getting not there. This is thank you to everyone for listening. I know it seems silly, but it was super exciting to have those uh, accomplishments. And yeah, everyone's been awesome. Yeah. So uh, before we wrap up here, so before we wrap up here, we should probably, I think we, we need to talk about the show. So maybe we'll, yeah. we'll end this here, but let's do an episode of Off the Table where we go through our thoughts because we didn't get to touch base throughout the entire season. No. Really in much depth. So let's wrap up here then. So thank you so much to our Patreon supporters, especially Sonny Smith, our uh, On the Table Gaming producer. And if you want to check us out, it's uh, patreon.com slash On the Table Gaming. And everyone else, I hope you are out there creating cool content. And I hope you get your miniatures on the table. <laughs>